0: Oh, to see without my eyes The first time that you'll me Hello everybody and welcome to a very special bonus episode of the Spoiler Warning Podcast. I am Christopher Schnasey. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film release. coming to a theater near you. This week, we are going to be... Changing Lanes, <laughs> and we're going to be talking to you about a film that may still be in limited release by the time you uh, hear this, but you might be able to catch it in the theater near you. That is the film Call Me By Your Name. Uh, Steven and I, it is currently 146 in the AM. Yep. We are heading down the 15 freeway from San Francisco to... Uh, San Diego as we get ready for the Christmas vacation and uh yeah we just got out of Call Me By Your Name and we thought that uh hey what if we could in the car do one bonus episode so that you guys have something to hold you over till after the next year starts and we can put out more regular episodes. How you doing Steven? I'm doing
1: great. I uh this, this is exciting this is kind of hearkening back to the original incarnation of the spoiler warning if I remember correctly where you would try to film you'd record a take sitting in your car parked right after seeing the movie
0: well we actually we actually would record twice the first step was to watch watch trailers in the car and pick the movie we wanted to see and review go see the movie and then come back out to the car and uh, record the episode um but that was a long time ago. Now
1: people need action. They need high stakes. So now we're barreling down the 15 just to, like, pump up the adrenaline. But no, I'm, do- I'm doing well. I feel pretty good for, you know, nearly 2 a.m. Then again, I haven't driven eight hours today. <laughs> i have just had to sit here next to Chris. Um, but that is our dedication, you know, uh, an eight-plus-hour drive to San Diego. And we decided to do a nearly four-hour pit stop at the Arclight in Los Angeles, to uh, get a little food and watch a sweet little coming-of-age indie movie.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, as we said, you know, we are literally driving in a car. I, I bought a little Zoom uh, field recorder thing. Uh, <clears throat> literally, Amazoned it the day before we left for this trip, um, just to in hopes that it would arrive so we could try to do this episode. I have no idea what the sound quality will be like. Um, as you've probably heard already, we've switched lanes a few times, and I was doing the lawful thing and, uh, turn signaling, so, it, it's gonna be a surprise to all of us how this turns out. So
1: now the question is, if this turns out well, are we gonna find excuses to just record in a car for every episode now?
0: <laughs> I mean, I, I, we're not gonna do that, because I, I don't think that we could do the having Carson remote while we're in the car, <laughs> I think that would add a level of complexity that would be too insane, um... But also, usually, um, obviously, our normal setup, we all have our own mics, and now we're using this one recorder to try to do both of us, but... uh, So you can't
1: mute any of my shitty jokes. I
0: cannot... I can't do anything to fix anything about this, (laughs) other than to maybe run some noise reduction and uh, some sort of processing to try to make whatever this will end up being... Just a tiny bit better, um, or just the whole thing and this episode never goes out. Well, but, what do you say we give it our best shot? Alright, um, we're gonna go ahead and listen to the trailer for Call Me by Your Name, and I'm gonna come back and uh, do our best to give you a review. Professor Perlman, thank you so much,
1: very confident.
0: I can show you around. That'd be great. Thank you. So what do you do around here?
1: Read books, transcribe music, swim at the river, go out at night. Sounds fun. All right, later. Just watch. This is how we'll say goodbye to us when the time comes. (laughs) Later. (laughs) <laughs> Meanwhile, we'll have to put up with him for six long weeks.
0: Muscles are firm. Not a straight body in these statues. They're all curved. Sometimes impossibly curved. And so nonchalant. Hence their ageless ambiguity. As if they're daring you to desire them. All oh, to see without my eyes. The first time. Is there anything you don't know? You only knew how little I know about the things that matter? What things that matter? You know what things. You're saying what I think you're saying. Shouldn't have said anything. Just pretend you never did. trailer for Call Me By Your Name. Uh, it is a little film about a young man who whose father is some sort of professor and has some gentleman over to the house for a few weeks to work on some project. I'm not exactly sure what it is. But in that time there begins to be a uh, sort of attraction to this guy who's come to stay with the family and we're sort of watching this relationship unfold between these two characters. Um, so... Stephen Miller. Why don't you start us off and let us know, or let the listeners know what you thought of this film.
1: So going into this movie, I predicted that this would be the Carol of this year. What, what I mean by that is Carol was a movie that I loved, but it was very much a texture movie. It was about the look and feel and this kind of fantastical romance where the romance isn't the point so much as like what the fact of the romance means to the younger character involved. Um, and this Completely lived up to that expectation for me. I thought this was a lovely little movie. Uh, it wasn't as breathtaking as Carol. Like it didn't, it didn't pull me as consistently. I think Carol was just an emotional movie from the beginning to end. Whereas this film is happy to let like the first half or so just kind of slowly build up and show you who the characters are. And it isn't really till the third act that you start getting the the big gut punching scenes. Um, So it's a small movie. I don't think this is the kind of movie that can bear the weight of the critical hype or Rotten tomato score. Uh, I felt similarly about Lady Bird, by the way. These are are just movies that are... They're very small coming-of-age flicks. They're meant to tell very particular stories. And I think it's unfair to the film to try to throw the weight of, like, you must be the greatest thing that has ever been made. Uh, So I tried to toss that aside. I think the character... I loved, uh, Timothy Chalamet's performance. I think he's kind of a very particular person who it takes a while to latch on to, like, what is going on with this character. He's, he's 17, but, like, a Noah Bombach character, like, he has very artistic, creative parents, so he's clearly been brought up in a kind of, like, in a bubble that you or I haven't been brought up in, so he has a sort of, uh, precociousness and, like, ease of living, that I wouldn't know anything about being a neurotic, <laughs> neurotic mess myself um, and then Army Hammer comes along and his performance I had a little more trouble latching onto he's basically playing like the very aloof idealized version of the the object of a coming of age like if, if <laughs> or the subject however grammar works like yeah, he, yeah. he is the thing for which one comes of age and that yeah, I means he doesn't he's the one literally opening up the eyes of the person yeah. who isn't to experience something new and that means in this movie he functions a lot like the statues in the movie, he's just this kind of picturesque thing that is like beautiful and hard to understand and difficult to get but watching uh, Timothy Chalamet's character kind of slowly open up and explore what this relationship is, I thought it was a very nice little
0: movie, like it told the story it wanted to tell and I think it did it well yeah. Um, I, having seen the trailer a few times now, I was less anticipating, like, the Carol-type film in general, and I was kind of caught in the editing of the trailer kind of makes the performances feel very stagey, at least the way the dialogue was delivered, where it's, like, short bursts of, like, very, like, I am saying something that is stagey. <laughs> like, that that's kind of the impression I got. Love has a way of <laughs> finding our- greatest tweet. Well, it, it's like the, the, the main the main scene in the trailer where he's like, I don't know everything. And he's like, oh, what sort of things don't you know? And he's like, oh, the important things. And like that scene in the film plays much more naturally. Um, it, it's still like a very, it's, it's two people trying to ambiguously say something, but in the trailer it was edited in a way that sort of changed the timing of, of the way and made it less natural. Um, but yeah, so my, my main concern going in was, was that. Um, the film did, didn't turn out to be that way at all, but it is interesting, the comparisons to Carol. Uh, I, so I, I had my problems with Carol. Um, mostly it just related to my my way of what the film did or didn't tell me about the total relationships. One of the things that that film was really great about was I could see why... The characters each were attracted to the other one. Right. Like you know, I can see why the the the, the you know the the Rooney Mara's character could look at Kate Blanchett and be like, oh, this is something that I'm I'm drawn into right now. And I can we can obviously see why Kate um, Blanchett's character would look at Rooney Mara and be like, I need this young innocent like change of my current situation to to be able to do something for me. Right. Um, and I think this film lacks that, but it's telling a completely different type of story. Um, I, found, I found a lot of moments in this film uh, confusing, uh, not in a joking way, but like, uh, like characters would react to scenes in a way that like, kind of made me do like a head tilt, kind of like, mm, I, don't, I don't know exactly what I'm supposed to take from this moment, or I don't know why the character is responding in this way themselves. And I think that um, Army Hammer, his introduction—he's a very standoff, standoffish type of person, right? Right. He's—he's like he's a person who I don't see an immediate attraction for the lead character. Like it—it—it it, 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 it takes a while for—it's it's basically what, until Army Hammer starts to embrace him more. Only then do I see, like, okay, I, I understand this attraction between the two of them, um, because they both have this little bit of arrogance to them, and I think uh, the, 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 the 17-year-old character, he, his arrogance is just that he's used to being really good at a lot of things, but he doesn't have, like, it's almost like he has a power that he's never wielded before. Right, army hammers like the person who wields a power he might not even have. Right, mm-hmm. so th- th- like there, there is some sort of separation uh, between those two characters. I will say though, the chemistry between them is undeniable. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. th- like it, I don't. It, it's a weird juxtaposition for me because it's like seeing them together, duh, they should be together. Seeing the characters separately, I don't understand why the attraction is there. Right, and, and I
1: think one part of that too is there's for the first half of the movie, there's kind of some subtle communication going on like like this is set a few decades ago yeah. back when the the idea of like a teenager being out was not so common like yeah. right? there, were, there were more barriers to entry there not to say there are now, <laughs> but yeah. a lot of this movie I think in the first half their standoffishness there's like there are signals that they're kind of sending to each other of like testing the waters and I don't think I picked up on those as much as maybe someone familiar with that particular dynamic in a relationship would have picked up on yeah so that that's why for me like once the once the love part starts to happen like once they are actually they're actually addressing these things heads on head on i could kind of go back and see those moments as people kind of playfully testing each other or prodding or like yeah. i could understand that a bit more but yeah at the very beginning it was a little hard for me to grasp that too
0: Yeah, and I I think uh, in in a normal Chris-like fashion fashion, there are there are other characters who aren't part of this story but intersect with the characters in this story Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that the film the film is really only concerned with the relationship between uh, the two male leads and uh, there are a series of female characters who come in and are sort of cast aside to the story and the film never really deals with the ramifications of that like you get little glimpses of that you know like in, in with one character a little bit more than the other character but i kind of i kind of want more of dealing with that and i know that you know we, we saw um i've heard some other people talk about the film and we saw as we were about to leave after the credits finished there ended up being like a little short uh, making of featurette and you know like the director was really concerned with that they're not being villains in the story we're just watching this uh, good thing that is happening between these two characters, and I I get that. But there's also I want to see what is left in the wake of what these characters are experiencing, not just their emotions, or not just the emotions of of the younger boy. Yeah, um, and,
1: and that surely is there. Like it's implicit at least. Like it, whatever happened was not. It may have resulted in a good thing, but it was. It was navigated in a way that clearly left casualties.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. On all sides. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, but I mean, I, I think for me, uh, there there are some films that that uh, I watch and I'm invested in, but I'm not really driving with them. And then there's a scene right towards the end of the film yeah. where. Somebody gives a monologue, and that makes the entire film for me <laughs> in the <laughs> moonlight. <laughs> and I, I, I think that uh, I think this, this film has that like uh, incredible scene uh, towards the end of the film where a character kind of like defines the entire story that that we're telling and, and why we're watching it. And uh, yeah, it's a beautiful scene, made me tear up, and like it's. Bec- I think. Absent of that scene, I would come away from this film less uh, less happy with the film that I had watched. Um, with that scene, I think it elevates it to a level where, like, it, it justifies the not that not that the film up until that point needed the justification to exist. I just mean that, like, for me, it it justifies any problem that I had. Yeah, it in puts the a film, good narrative bow on it. it. Yeah, yeah. It kind of tells you this. This is
1: the aspect of this story that we want you to latch on to. And it's interesting because without without that monologue, I might have walked away with some very different feelings about it. Like, for instance, I kind of think the uh, Timothy Chalamet's character like the the film in the trailer kind of seems like it's going to be a thing where Army Hammers Oliver seduces him or he becomes like the object of attraction that just jars someone into a place that they didn't know they had and i i felt like timothy chalamet's character almost functions more as a semi lolita type figure where he is someone who is initiating a lot of what is happening in this and army hammer doesn't always know exactly how he ought to react to it and there's some kind of interesting like standoffness of, of someone who's testing the waters for the first time and trying trying out their relationship on someone else with a kind of combination of approaching them positively and pushing them away. And yeah. I think that that kind of interplay, I would have been no more surprised if at the end of the film there was something negative and like he learns about himself but that particular relationship wasn't considered yeah. positive like I think there are lots of different routes that in hindsight someone could feel about that event yeah um and it was I was pleasantly surprised to see that this film managed to keep it as a tender positive moment like a provocative one like there are, there are obvious questions about the age difference and uh, yeah the yeah. status of these two people but I think it, it made it more hopeful than I was expecting which is funny for a film that
0: ends with a very long shot of a person crying <laughs> yeah and I, and I will say too like the one thing that uh you know er, earlier this year um we saw Good Times mm-hmm. and uh as I said then best credit sequence ever yeah <laughs> and I think this is a damn close second yes um I think this is a a, a brilliant closing shot it sums up everything about what the character's thinking of and also like what's happening in the background of that scene somehow for me just like works of you know like the world goes on (laughs) people are privy to information about what happened and is going to happen in the future and there's something really 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 interesting about just watching that shot and also like bravo for fucking I don't know how long the credits are yeah but the range of emotion shown in that scene, like that, like, that... to me, that justifies all the attention that Timothy Chalamet has been getting. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, that was incredible acting.
1: Did, did you ever see Listen Up, Philip? I did not. Okay, so my favorite scene, for me in Listen Up, Philip, the scene that makes that whole movie is a long uh, shot on, uh... <laughs> damn it, I'm gonna get her name wrong. Um, uh, Elizabeth Moss. Uh, A long shot on her right after a breakup scene where there's a breakup, the character walks away, and the camera stays close up on her face while she goes through smiling because she initiated it, and then, like, awareness that she's alone in this room now, and then tears, and then smiling again. And it's just like a long, long take where we just watch this character go through all of these emotions that that summarized so much of what the film was trying to do. And this this might have beaten that for me in terms of just long takes of one character reacting to something. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really loved that scene. Uh, I really did like the... Th- this wasn't... I wouldn't say this was a cinematic feeling as a movie like Carol. Like, Carol had something where just every frame felt like candy almost. Like, it was just, like, very lush and rich. Yeah, yeah. And this... I think this didn't quite... Do that, but it did have a really nice color palette and kind of nature scenes that makes you kind of like uh, before midnight, which is set in a similar locale. Like it kind of just makes me want to go visit Italy or Greece. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I felt, I felt mixed. The, the movie definitely in the third act, I think, justifies a lot, yeah, and yeah. it really makes it makes you want to root for it. Leaving the theater. I I still I almost feel like I would need to rewatch it to see how much of that first hour is like really building something versus being a series of
0: disconnected scenes. Yeah. Well I so I I I think that's one of the problems I had early on is there is a lot of awkwardness between the characters Mm -hmm. and it's partially authentic because these characters are
1: The, the family is a bit standoffish and direct in a very odd way.
0: Yeah, yeah, but also the... the, uh... Timothee Chalamet is... is, is isn't experienced with the things he's trying to do, Mm -hmm. and so he does them in very clunky and awkward ways, and he's acting a little bit clunky, um, but it's because he's not familiar Mm -hmm. with what he's trying to do. Like, he's trying... he's theoretically trying to seduce and come onto an older man, but he's never... Come on to any man before he's sort of just experiencing these feelings and this reaction at the same time. But like Army Hammer himself, doesn't he? Like in in a in another type of film where like a guy in a high school is like trying to hit on a girl, the girl might be like, "Oh, how cute this guy's being all awkward towards me," and like she might dig that vibe and sort of play along with it or tease him for being so awkward. Army Hammer just is even more awkward back to him <laughs> in ways that like there are literal scenes where he does something and I go like I, wh- I, I, I don't know like I, I think he's trying to tease him but maybe he's not trying to tease him he's trying to punish him but then he has a smile on his face and it's not like a I got him in a mean way type of smile it's like a genuine like oh kind of smile and it's like there are moments that I just don't understand what the character is thinking and from what I understand what little I've heard about the book is that a lot of the book is internal monologue of the character. I I
1: was wondering and I assumed the book focuses on uh, Timothy Chalamet's character whose name I keep forgetting. Um, The character whose name... (laughs) (laughs) This will be fun to edit. Um... Yeah, so I'm assuming a lot of the book is focused on the internal monologue of the character of Elio because this... This feels like that the whole film is so kind of narrowly focused on them and primarily on him yeah and it's mostly just a series of events that happen where characters are kind of talking around each other like they're not directly just saying what they mean yeah and i feel like that would that would play very well on the page where you have access to exactly what they're thinking and how they're parsing out these events but it it's hard to communicate all that on screen
0: yeah yeah for sure and, and like there are moments where the characters do an amazing job of communicating what they're thinking, but then there's just the other moments where I just am totally at a loss for understanding what's going on. Um, I think the other thing that sort of a little weirded me out is it—it it definitely feels like Elio or however you pronounce it got he got the uh, the uh, cojones to hit on Army Hammer from the poem that his mom read him while he was sitting in his dad's lap the night before, right? Where it was, like, the, the did, did he speak or not? Like, it's basically the gist of what the, the story that they're reading is is that, like, oh, you know, you're going to have regrets if you don't speak up and, like, say what you need to say. Right. Um, and just there's a little, little bit of strangeness to that to me, but...
1: Yeah, I, I think in general the... Uh the way this film deals with the the parents relationship with this romance was surprising I, I feel like for better or worse this movie does not drastically acknowledge the age difference yeah. I think it does to a small degree but not to the point where any kind of parental figure would feel inclined to protect the person or would like but like it it kind of feels like if anything were to come out, it would be the fact that they are two men and not that one is old and the other is younger. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know, that that's the story this wanted to tell. Uh, I, I think it's maybe unfortunate timing right now for yeah, yeah. for award season. But for better or worse, like this film does not address that much, except for much like in Carol, the older person is more of a a figure of inspiration someone who guides a person into coming of age and in this case I think the movie is if Lady Bird is a general coming of age of becoming an adult becoming a person who makes your own choices this I think is much more a like coming of physicality like this is very much a movie about who you are in love and romance and embracing the way you feel on a physical level so I think it's a much more narrow story this one to tell so it doesn't—it doesn't address some of the things that I would have, wouldn't have, mind seeing addressed in the movie. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It's interesting too, with like the trailers that played before it. There were there were a lot of stories involving age gaps. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, in in general, I, I it was definitely an interesting film, and uh, that ending scene, damn. Yeah, I think the
1: it sticks to landing pretty well.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: I do think... I don't remember if Carson ever weighed in on this, but my guess is this director, Luca, seems to have a very kind of bright color palette and big sense of what he wants to do, and this movie felt a bit subdued to me. So I have a feeling this is one of those things where critical acclaim is coming largely from the balance and the restraint that it's showing. Yeah. Uh, And I'm curious to see his more... Wild, audacious movies, just to get a feel for now that I know your style, what can you do when you're cranking up the volume a little more?
0: Yeah. Alright, so you think we should get to verdicts? Yeah, let's uh, Let's go ahead and do that. Um, Steve Miller, if you're going to give this a must see, record the caveat, wait for rental, pass with the caveat, or must avoid, what would you get at?
1: Um, it depends how literally I take the <laughs> ranking for me personally it would be a must see but it's not like a hard everyone must go see this movie I think this is an appropriately small movie that is filling a particular niche uh, but what, what the hell go with a must see <laughs> I, I think it's a lovely movie that knows what story wants to tell and tells it well and there are at least a handful of scenes that are among the most
0: powerful ones I've seen all year Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm going to give it a recommend of the caveat uh, I don't think it's a perfect film I think that ending is amazing. <laughs> like you know, I mean, like the last, the last like 20 minutes, or whatever, uh, it, it turned out to be are are just brilliant. And I almost wish I had this recorder in the theater with me so I could just like record that monologue and listen to it again. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a it's a, it's a great great film. Um, I think that the the main caveats are some people just aren't gonna. Want to want to deal with the, the subject matter of the film, and also if you're if you're hearing crazy praise for this film, um, it might not set your level of expectation for what. Yeah, you Yeah, I the, the I have a feeling whole. the
1: praise is going to hurt audience reception of this movie because I think it it builds it up to a place that no movie that is doing what it is doing
0: could live up to. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, but uh, yeah. That is our bonus review of "Call Me by Your Name," um, which also I don't, I, I don't, I still don't get that. <laughs> no. I it, have a feeling maybe in the in the book that is more of a thing. Yeah, yeah it just it, it's it's when the trailer was going, I didn't quite understand the idea of like you call me by your n- name and I'll call you by mine or. Yeah, yeah. It's I I still don't understand it. And having seen the film, I don't understand it. Also, still. Um, But but that's fine. I don't have to understand it. That was a little aside. That's the end of the episode. So you guys. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, Stephen Miller. If people want to find you throughout the week, we're going to do that. I think go to twitter.com/sdavidmiller or s.davidmiller.com. People can find me at chrisfermerallife.com or twitter.com slash IRL. You can find the podcast over at the spoiler We We can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. Um, if you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning or like us at facebook.com slash warning uh, If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thesportalwarning.com or use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to come by your name, so hopefully you're enjoying that. Speaking right of which great soundtrack. I, I didn't get to
1: praise the music enough in this movie. I think almost all of my favorite scenes were including a kind of heavy soundtrack to help set the tone. <laughs> uh, so good work
0: Sufjan Stevens and everyone else involved in making this. Yeah, it was uh, very enjoyable. Um, but uh, yeah, we are going to close out this episode. Hopefully the audio quality is good enough to make an episode that you guys like to hear. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we will be back in the new year with more reviews, probably, like, a handful of reviews of everything that came out on Christmas. Um, but also, as always, our year-end recap, where we're all going to count down our top ten favorite films of the year. So look forward to that. And uh, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, everyone. top.